Why wasn't I notified? About what? You know damn well what. You let them take it out of here. Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, spare me the speech. I've been listening to it for a decade. Ah, oh, I love how they call it out. If anyone hasn't already realised, we're reviewing Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. And to help me, coming back for his second dose of Halloween goodness, hey, if hey. you can call it that, is Ed from the <laughs> Film Effect Podcast. Welcome back, Ed. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's, I had a blast doing Halloween Kills, so I was like, hey, you're doing Halloween 4? Let me get at that. It's one of my favorite sequels, so pleasure to be here. Oh, no, it's great to have you back. And honestly, it amazes me the amount of love there is out there for this. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's uh, a ton of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think people either fall into two different categories. They either absolutely love it or they consider it. I mean, you know what? I think very few people are out there arguing it's, well, if any, are arguing it's better than the original, but there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, definitely the second, you know, the second best in the franchise. Um, I was talk, I was messaging uh, Stu from Stu World Order earlier, an unbelievable mm-hmm. podcaster, embarrasses me, really does with his talents, and that that's I'm being yeah, serious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he 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 rated it. He was disappointed that Rachel was a one-off, but he guessed that later in the series they didn't want to overshadow overshadow Jamie, and. He felt that Rachel was the best kind of female lead in the franchise who isn't Laurie, because as people know, Laurie isn't in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he just thinks Di- uh, Danielle Harris rules, and the angry mob is a great take. I'd argue they probably did it better in Halloween Kills, to be honest. But I, c- I can't, I get where they were going with it. Although, I mean, it's a little bit. <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, so you prefer the the mob and kills than this one? I, I mean, the flesh that you prefer the endless evil dies tonight <laughs> over shit. What? That's Ted Hollister. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I mean that bit. I mean, God, what what are they? Uh, you 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 swear right? Do you swear on your podcast, Ed? Hell yeah! All oh, right, Chris. Yeah, I mean, what the? We're, what we're the... Irish, of course. Yeah, we well, yeah, like sailors. <laughs> so, I mean, what I mean, what the fuck is going on with that? With with, with that whole? Oh, oh my god! Oh god! Oh no! Oh, it's Ted! Oh god! And then the guys <laughs> like the guys like you, stupid bastard! You said you saw. I mean, Myers. they felt they felt like a bunch of like you know bumbling idiots who were like just the regulars from the bar. You know, they <laughs> they just remind me of just the old school town folk who just it, I don't know. It just felt real. I actually put down on my notes like it was just where, where's my notes? Yeah, where do I put that at? Uh, um. Oh yeah, another thing I really like about this movie is how the people of Haddonfield play an important role to the story this time around. Like they're actually like given because like, the first movie, you know, there's no you pretty much only centered around the, the the kids and a couple of the kids and yeah, the sheriff, of course, but like all the secondary people, like the adults and whatnot, like you don't even see their faces; they're just heard off screen. Like they don't play a role this time. Like you get more of Haddonfield. And then the, the the mob aspect, you know, you really think that the kills mob is better than this one, huh? Interesting. I mean, this mob. I mean, I everyone's mean, totally their own opinion. I, I respect it, it no, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, no, that's that's what I love about about. Uh, it's always I, I, sometimes I prefer to disagree because it makes for a better conversation. But it's the it's the it's the bit where, I mean, even the sheriff says it. Um, sheriff, he's got a really odd name. Meeker. Meeker, yeah, Sheriff Meeker is like. 
I've what does he say? He says I've got it written down later on, but I've got like four pages of notes. But he says something like, uh, "I've got a bunch of beer bellies out there with guns. Like I need to go sort this type thing." And it's like, oh, okay, like that's a difference. And I'm making no, I'm making I don't do politics. So I'm making no statement on guns. But I will say this: we have drunks in bars in England and pubs, but we don't let them get in trucks and drive off with guns to try and you know try like we're like and that that whole bit where it's like. Um, when they ring the police station, they're like, the police station always pick up. I'm like, well, they have a different system over there. <laughs> like, so, I mean, yeah. it's a little bit kind of silly. It, but... it was also a different time. This is 1988 we're talking. Yeah. And, um, Christ, I didn't think we were going to be talking about gun control in this episode. No, 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 no. I'm not, no, no, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm not just making... making a funny offbeat remark. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, I mean, come on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a small, quiet Midwest town. Yeah. You know, it's it, it reminds me of, like, towns just like that where the sheriff's just like, it's like, like an old Western city. Yeah. You know, like the old town people, you know, got to protect your own, I guess. No, I, I, I do. I do like it. I, it was just, it's just, but speaking, speaking of, so for anybody who hasn't seen Halloween for, and they don't know about Halloween, just a quick brief start. So, Basically, you have Halloween and Halloween 2. Now, Halloween 2, everybody discusses, like, because later on in the series, they kind of ignore everything but Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, the H2O does it. Well, actually, it's a lot. It's H2O have. H2O, H2O has a bit of 2, doesn't it? Yeah. H2O definitely yeah. is a direct sequel to part 2. And then Halloween 2018, or, or Halloween. That ignores H- part 2. Halloween H4O, which I really wish it had been called. That mm-hmm. one, that one, that one uh, ignores everything but the original Halloween. But I think right. people forget that Halloween too is actually this it's like the same night into the morning and the next day. So I mean, it's Michael's same, doing yeah, Ma- Michael's doing overtime. Like He's pulling an overtime shift. But mm-hmm. that's remember that's what they could should have called it Halloween or, or you know overtime. But uh, Halloween overtime, I like that. <laughs> so so uh, yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, I'm gonna because I'm a bit of an old school in terms of I've got the physical DVD. So the front cover has, and this is this is where it gets because we'll get onto the mask. Oh, yes, don't don't you worry. Go. You've got the, the screen cover. Yeah, you've got the screenshot of the house uh, with, I think, a shot from Halloween 4, fair enough, where he's walking over the road. But it's all in shadow. But they have a screenshot of the mask from Halloween 4, which is a bit naughty. On the back, it does actually have a shot of the mask from 4. And I'll read the synopsis because I always think the synopsis are hilarious for these. I did the same in the Halloween 5 review. Uh, So tonight he's back. A decade ago, he butchered 16 people trying to get to his sister. Now, that sounds like 16 people were trying to get to his sister and he killed them, but it's not that way. He was shot and incarcerated, but still the entity that Dr. Sam Loomis, in brackets, the legendary Donald Pleasance, calls evil on two legs, would not die. Tonight, Michael Myers has come home again, dot, 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 to kill. He hasn't come home to, like, bake a quiche or make a pie. Um, this time, that doesn't say that, that's just me ad-libbing. This time, Michael returns to Haddonfield for, for Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris at the last Boy Scout, the orphan daughter of Laurie Strode and her babysitter Rachel, Ellie Carnell of House of the Dead. Can Loomis stop Michael before the unholy slaughter reaches his, reaches his innocent young niece? Michael Pataki, Sasha Jensen and Kathleen Kinmont co-star in this smash sequel it's a bit generous uh, that, marked, <laughs> that marked the long-awaited return to the original storyline and remains infamous really? Inf- um, okay it remains infamous for its startling <laughs> twist ending and graphic violence graphic violence no there's barely no. any in it there's like a neck twist there's two gets key scenes we'll talk about the yeah spoilers uh, yeah that, that's that's literally it um, 
Yeah, yeah, but the poster had so much potential. But it shows so much promise because it has the Wallace house from the original. And that's a little screenshot of him like walking towards chasing after Jamie, and then like the actual mask. It's it's the, the it's the um the Shatner mask from the first film. And then you get to the actual movie and you're watching it, and you're expecting this and, and oh. everything, and like this is not the mask that oh. you get in and in, in the final product. No, it's it's more like a gimp mask. It's really, really tight. And it's a half-assed mask. It's like they almost got the mold down, but then they oversaturated it with spray paint and it's really white. Yeah, because it was it it's was done like, kind of pink with blonde hair, which actually you see later on. And I prefer that. One scene in the in elementary school because they actually had they were Russian masks off the mold. Yeah, and they got when they got them on set, they had the pink hair, and it was like, oh shit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's that bad. Loomis or the pink or no, the pink. Yeah, the pink was it pink face with the blonde hair. See, that's what it was. It's bald, but the mask. If you ignore the blonde hair, the mask looks better. I would have preferred a full film of that. Like having pick a re- like a, a bit of a pinky mask and you know the blonde hair, it would have been stark. It would have been mm-hmm. divisive. It would have done a Halloween ends in terms of which I've seen now. It would have done a Halloween ends. Or a lot of people would have hated it. A lot of people would have gone, actually, no, I like that new direction. It w- it would have been bold. Right, it would have been a lot closer to the original than the crap we got. I mean, there's like Ford. You can see how it was rushed. Like Sam Loomis's fried egg on his face, his girlfriend called it a the fried egg. Fried egg. Yeah, that you know that goes away and he gets much more realistic. Then the next scene, he's got a fried egg that he doesn't have. I love that story got... too because he's pretty much drinking the entire time behind the scenes, and his girlfriend's oh, on yeah. set, and she's like, "You got a fried egg on your face," and he's like, "Damn it, I do." I think he. I think from what I remember, that's why I think it changes because yeah. it's it's in the scene when he's at Penny's. Yeah. That's where you see it the most obvious. And I think it's also in the scene when he goes and visits the bridge where the overturn ambulance is. But then yeah. every every shot of him after that, it's like gone. It's just some like yeah. half-assed burn job. Well, it wasn't supposed to be there at all in the in the final cut, but uh, editing error meant some of the scenes were kept. So I mean the mask changes like four times uh, so many times. And um, so yeah, I mean, so if anybody doesn't know, it's directed by Dwight H. Little. Who directed mm-hmm. such classics as Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home, Mark for Death with Steven Seagal, Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee, and he's also directed episodes of 24, Prison Break, Bones, and he was offered Halloween 5 by Mustafa Ak. Uh, oh, where is it? Akkad. Akkad, thank you. Uh, but he declined because he felt that he got away and made a pretty Rush. decent film, and he thought, I-, I don't. I think basically what he thought was, I don't want to chance my arm because I don't think the luck will hold out this time. And he Not only like... that, plus it was a rush job. Oh, yeah, like yeah. He wanted them to go to production right away, and he was like, wait a minute, we just gave you guys a film that had a you know pretty firm ending to it. So I think if they were going to go, if if him and uh, Alan Biel, McElroy were going to tackle that again, they were, they were going to you know pick up where they left off, yeah. and hence a different film. But uh, you also left out another classic of Dwight Little's, and that's the, the, um, the famous Murder at 1600 with Wesley Snipes and Diane Lane. Well, I've not heard. I've not watched that one. I've been trying to catch up. Lot, with my snacks. Theater. Did you? <laughs> bad. Bad. Sick brag. I know. Is it bad? Is it terrible? Awful? I can't yeah. remember a thing about that movie. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Memorable. Eh? <laughs> um. Yeah. It had, it had. It had Dennis Miller. That's all I remember. I don't even know who that is. I don't think. Oh well, the less you know, the better, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
So for anyone who doesn't know, the transfer in my goal again. Uh he's 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 been transferred, he's been at Ridgemont Federal Sanitarium for uh, ten years. Ten since, years. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Um he's been transferred to Smith's Grove. And of course the film starts. It's quite it's quite a creepy ending. Like the film lets you know right away oh. before you see anything at all, it says October thirtieth, nineteen eighty eight. Like it lets yeah. you know we're ten years later. Yeah. Halloween. There's no it's like in, in the Michael Myers in the Halloween universe, there's literally this is the thirtieth and the thirty first, and that's it. I think I think the world just goes between those two dates. That's and, it. In this franchise, of course, we never yeah. see November first. Yeah, it would be a bit different, you know. Michael got transferred on like July the first, and it's sunshine, and it would, wouldn't quite be the same. Everyone's um, in shorts and short sleeve shirts. Yeah, yeah. Michael walking around sweating out of his eye hole. That fucking paramedic <laughs> got a guy doing like one of them suntan lotion things on his nose. It's all white. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell you what, it wouldn't look much worse if he slapped a load of fucking. Sun cream on his face. He's that. It, it, maybe that's why. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's why this mask so bleached. Maybe he broke out in the summer, bleached his Someone mask, and was like, I need, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I've got sunburn on top of my burns. I need to go back in for a couple of months and let me once the you know, <laughs> as the Americans call it, what you know, once the fall starts or the autumn starts, and once those leaves start dropping down, I hear, I hear kids running around and you know, shouting and squealing and Halloween Holy and trick or treating. I'll be straight out. I'll be straight out." Um, yeah, I mean, and then you know, we before we even see Loomis, because I think the first time I watched this, because it's only the second time I watched it, the first time I was like, Oh, I wonder, because I expected to see Loomis straight away. Because no. for me, Loomis, and I, I'm not trying to be controversial, but Loomis for me is Halloween. Jamie D. Curtis is good, but for me, Loomis is Halloween. And I think, well, that's why he's tied building all of them films, yeah, because yeah. he is the star, yeah. And you know, you get, I mean, he's clearly been around quite a lot because oh yeah his, uh, his career uh, Rich, goes back to like the 50s oh no i meant in the sanitarium sorry just, just oh, because, oh just because, my presence. because the way he talks the way he talks is rubbing off on the rest of the staff like yeah. you get you get that that guy who's like a jesus ain't got nothing on this to do with this place oh god that's where eyeball. society his eyes he's got like amazingly piercing eyes and it's his, like, this his is what eyes he's, he's got these like Oh, I know yeah. he's got some eyes and like the way he just kind of like stares and gazes. Yeah. More of a gaze. Yeah, this is where society dumps his worst nightmares. And he's like, his, his doctor shot him six times ten years ago and burned him. Both of them nearly died. And he's like, Welcome to hell. And I was like, God, Loomis's phrasing is really contagious. Like, <laughs> like and then they have the whole bit with like, oh, where exactly what I thought. Like, where where's Dr. Loomis? He's and the guy's like the, the uh, doctor, oh, what's his name? Oh, the um, it's, oh, no. um, what's his name? Who, who cares what his name is? Uh, anyway, the, the other doctor, uh, the smart ass, who's like, Yeah, we'll transfer him. Michael Myers is officially someone else's problem. I'm like, oh, god, uh, he, he, he says, Dr. Oh, Hoffman, Hoffman, that's it. And he's like, Oh, yeah, Loomis is still his doctor, but he's he's just he's, he's in like a ceremonial position. And then he has that line, which I personally loved, it really made me laugh the first time I watched it, and again, this time he's like. Oh yeah, it's a ceremonial position. Personally, I, I I can't wait. Once Michael Myers has left, I hope I hope that Loomis either transfers, retires, or dies. Or dies, and yeah. You, all right, mate. Like there's no love lost between these two. Um, and then he's not, he's not well liked around the the Hadfield area. Oh, honestly, he walks into a room and everyone's just like, "Oh God, here we go again." And and you, you get you get the cla- I would love to know what you think of this, Ed. Well, you get the classic. The first time we hear the Halloween music. 
Um, you know, the doo 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 is when. Yeah, I mean, none of that. The wheeling Michael Myers out on a gurney, and it's a really right odd choice. Is it supposed to be funny? Because I was laughing, like, is this meant to be? And that bit where his hand, like, limply falls out of the covers, and the nurse is like, oh. Yeah, the fake-ass scares. The, uh, I actually wrote in my notes here, the Halloween theme kicks off in a questionable place. Like, yeah. <laughs> as they're transferring Michael outside and during a thunderstorm. It's all well, The, thunder, the thunderstorm aspect is fitting, but, like, I don't know. They could have held off on the theme a little bit more. Like, the moment where you hear it again outside of Penny's, that could have been, like, the moment or something. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I mean, it's questionable. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. It's just like it. It's whatever, you know. Yeah, it's it, not, like I it's said, the thunderstorm done. makes sense, part I guess. But like, you're right. It's kind of funny, like just wheeling him out in the rain, and that's when it hits the for the first time. It's like, okay. well, why, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be an ass about this, but where was I the, know? I know you're not. Where was the risk assessments for this journey? Right, the the, the taking uh, the taking a, a guy who was apparently comatose and 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 uh, right, he's been in a coma uh, for ten you know, years. Even a coma, he's, he's got no muscles. He could probably can't, probably can't even lift his arm. Or you know, you're right. talking as if you were a human being, and um, <laughs> and you, you get the you know, they turn up and it's raining, it's thundering, lightning, really lashing it down, and they decide, oh yeah, we'll transfer him now. Like to the point where when the when the ambulance crashes, they're all like, "Well, he slipped off the road and went down the embankment. It's it's a real mess." And yeah. you're like, "And you're like, well, actually, that's quite plausible." So, I mean, why did they wait all night? Why isn't like, why, is, why isn't he strapped down to the gurney? This is this is you know this is evil on two legs. Like, well, he why, is strapped like, down first of all. I mean, this, is and, and, yeah, he is. And also, I put here. It's, it's speaking of his niece, not his niece. Uh, oh, why day. why are they talking about it in the ambulance? I, I love the random exposition dialogue just so we can see that you know, or how Michael finds out where, about his niece and whatnot. Like, it's just, why would these two people be talking about his family? Why would she randomly just ask, like, does he have any family? Like, how would he even know? Like, oh, just, just some niece. It's like, I know, yeah. This guy wait a see, minute. This guy just so we can like, see yeah. the, the, the image of him squeezing his, you know, his, his fists, like. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It's it's just I I hate stuff like that. Yeah, movies. it's just silly. It's just like this guy seems like a real family guy. Um, why would why, she be questioning? And, and why yeah. would he be? Why would he even know the answer? Yeah. And I'll tell you something now. When when you work in in positions and jobs such as these, you're not allowed to just discuss things like that. Bro. You're not you're not allowed Bro. to just be. I mean, I'm I am really nitpicking now. But you're not allowed to just sit around and be like, it's like when he walks in, he walks in the sheriff's later on, you know, I need to talk to Sheriff Brackett. And they're like, oh, he's gone. And um, you get the new sheriff, Meekin, and he's like, are you talking about Jamie Lloyd? And it's like, how do, how do you know who? I know it's because oh, I'm sure years. the town knows about her. Uh, I suppose, yeah, it is kind of like a small, small town, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Plus, um, 10 years isn't really that long. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, yeah, I've got a question. Um, I me? think, yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, unless you brought somebody else. There's, a, there's, a, there's. Should they have stuck with the bandages because the mask is that bad? Okay. I mean, okay, okay. I tell a lie. It's not as bad as five. In the next one, it's even worse uh, yeah, because it's all yeah. all his lunches hanging out. And then, um, it's, and then in six, the mask is re is really decent, but the film's an abomination. Um. Right, we could have an entire episode about the mass oh, in general. I know. Oh, I've, I've got one planned. I've got one planned. Don't, don't, uh, that you do. Um, like, answer your question. Um, uh, so first thing about the mask itself, you know, over the years, 
I've grown, I've, I've just adjusted to the mask. I've accepted it. It's just whatever. It's not my favorite, but it's not my least favorite. Um, it's still weird. But anyway, that being said, yeah. And I've actually thought about this before. I might have even had a question about it in our episode. It's been a couple of years since we did our Halloween 4 episode on our podcast. But um, I think that might have been a question um, as well. But yeah, I, I definitely think that the bandits look absolutely. Not to mention that whole sequence in Pennies with the bandage and all. He's played by Tom Morga for the rest of the film. He's uh, George P. Wilbur. Tom Morga was... Uh, the stuntman who played Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 5, the one that doesn't have Jason, he's Roy, the paramedic. That's Tom Morga. He played Jason, uh, he played Michael in the bandages, and then uh, evidently Mustafa Akkad didn't like the way he looked. Something about him was off, or he didn't like something about it, and he was replaced by the the actual actor who's billed, um, as, or stuntman who's billed as playing Michael Myers in this film and that's george p wilbur who went on the he didn't play him in part five he didn't come back for part five that was um a cherokee actor i forgot his name it's so it's at the tip of my tongue um hang on it's gonna it's bugging me i'm looking it up real quick don <laughs> shanks uh, yeah. don shanks and then in part six wilbur came back to play the shape well actually he's billed as michael myers in these three films four five yeah. and six so that's why in this movie he looks different. Uh, not just the actual, you know, face uh, apparatus. It's he's actually built differently because Tom Morga, he's got that tall, slender look. And I think that's what it was that Akkad didn't like. But Morga comes on and he's really tall and he's got these broad shoulders because he actually has shoulder pads on. They put shoulder pads on Morga or on uh, uh, George P. Wilbur. That's why his shoulders are so like Frankenstein like throughout the, throughout the movie. That's why he's he's got this weird look with the way he stands, and that's because yeah. of these these fucking shoulder pads he's wearing <sighs> underneath the overalls or the uh, the um the suit. I wonder if if a card thought that he's ten, you know, Michael Myers ten years older. He's not going to be as lithe as he was, although he's been. But it's not like he's just behind, dead. I know, he's yeah. not like he's working out and beefing yeah. up, you know. Or, or, or the the Morga looks yeah. a lot more realistic. Yeah, it's just stayed with him. Yeah, although I suppose it's films and the jobs to the people who work in them, and maybe they just didn't get along. And he was like, "I'll get rid of him. I can't be doing with him." Uh, maybe, but again, it's it's you know it's rushed. The masks rushed. The actors are rushed to change the actors to change the masks because there's some scenes where the mask looks a bit stretched, like horizontally across the face too much and oh that scene when they put it on oh my god it just looks so oh, cheap yeah. it, look, it looks like a, a thin like a <sighs> like an old school don post mask i think don post was actually he played a part in the final mask in this movie but then some people are talking about oh well that's the point it's meant to look like a cheap dime mm. star mask and it's like yeah but this is a film. Like, I'm not going to be sat there going, well, you know what, that doesn't look like a mask you could buy for $10 in a shop. I don't care. I want it to look right. Um, and it, yeah, I mean... And it, I don't it, understand. It's the easy... I don't, I don't I don't understand how they could mess something so easy up. You know, oh, I know. who it's molded off of. Yeah. William Shatner. <laughs> Go well, find look, a Bill yeah. Shatner mold. 
slap it to it, put some hair on the thing. They had the mold. There you go. I was reading earlier about this. They had the mold. They had the original mold that yeah, they took that's from what Halloween. I before, trying to say they, yeah. at least that they had the mold. Sorry. And then they <laughs> came back with these six pink masks, and it's like, what about what the hell are we gonna do with this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they just like, that's I think that's why it's still white because they had to use, you know, the either spray paint or some sort of paint yeah. to go over it, and that's why it's so overly white. Yeah. Like oh god, yeah. He's not I bright. mean Michael Michael Myers can't be hiding in the shadows in this one. It's like who the hell Absolutely well, not. It's like oh, Jesus Christ, the, the moon's rising although, over there. Oh hang on, it's not the moon, it's someone's face. Like it's, although it's funny you mentioned him in the shadows. There's a scene in this movie that takes place later on inside the Meeker house. Where his deputy's on the rocking chair guarding the door. Oh yeah. And he's talking to um uh Kelly. I believe, I believe he's talking to is it Ke- um is it Kelly? Rachel. No, no, no. Rachel, I believe. I think Kelly's in the kitchen making tea. Oh, sorry, Kelly comes later on, doesn't she? When she's like, Yeah, Kelly's do you later a cup on of, when she do comes you want to come to Right. So this is this is Rachel. And she's talking to the deputy, and after she exits the screen, exits the scene, he's still there, and then you see Michael in the background very faint his well not really faint because it's so white but you see this little dot because he's like so far away and then he kind of like pokes his head out and then it goes back in for years i could not pick this shot out watching it i I guess it had to do with the fact that i was watching it on vhs or cinemax you know tv which was you know lo-fi back in the day but I could never make. I never noticed that before. There's even a cue in the score when you when it happens that I never picked up on until about mm, five or six years ago. This we definitely talked about in our podcast episode because, yeah. like my 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 co-host, uh, my late best friend Sean, couldn't believe it. I never noticed it before. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that take, that happens in the movie, and it, and it actually is a freaky part that I I anticipate seeing every time I watch that scene now that I'm aware of it. Oh, I'll have to give that. I'll have to give that a look. Um, I mean, yeah. I've got, I've got to ask as well. So, you know, you mentioned that you, you've got some trivia about the thumb through the forehead. Because the, th- the thumb through the forehead and the scene where the, the the bartender who's driving the truck with Rachel and Emily, or not not Emily, Rachel and um, um. No, isn't it in the ambulance? It's in the ambulance at the beginning, isn't it? When he Jamie, Jamie, I was I, I had the name Teen on my head. No, that's Halloween Five, dude. <laughs> Jamie and Rachel with the with the bartender, and he gets the the neck, the the, the hand through the neck, mm-hmm. and then that's his death scene. Both of those two shots in particular were pickup shots done by uh, John Carl Beekler, who's a makeup effects artist who was really big in the '80s, especially around this time in '88 yeah. in, in particular. He was directing and doing the makeup for uh, Friday Seven. He did the Ghoulies films, a lot of work for Empire in general, and Charles Band. Um, but anyway, he did the uh the the, the, in the end product. The film was wrapped, and Akkad felt that it wasn't gory enough. It needed more gore, so he brought in Beekler, who was hot at the time, red hot in '88. To and he also did Nightmare Four, and he did the specifically thumb in the forehead shot, the bartender driver who gets the neck ripped the his throat ripped out or whatever the hell happens to him it's a graphic shot but there's two um there might have been a third shot too but i can't think of any off course shots in the movie no nothing else really makes sense that would have been 
needed for a pickup shot that was graphic because those two shots stand out. But that those were done specifically after filming that rat by uh John Carbeekler. The the thing with me for, for those pickup shots is that they seem very out of place with the whole rest of the film. They feel kind of like a bit a bit like what did you bother for? Because I know originally the director wanted to do essentially what John Carpenter did, which was, right. you know, I mean, I know that was probably budget reasons as well, but wanted to keep it quite bloodless and because it would right. have fit with the tone of the tone of the film in general, that it's not, you know, at this time there was a lot of slashes and it doesn't go for the whole, like we're going to shock you type thing. It goes more for the kind of creepiness. Uh, so they feel a little bit, I mean, the thumb one as well, it's just stupid. Like it, how, like even if you put your thumb through someone's head, forehead, which is kind of impossible, but it's Michael Myers. You're talking as if we were a human being. And... Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is he's got the devil's the... eyes. Come yeah. on, the blackest eyes. Uh, oh god, yeah. Even though in six, you can clearly see... oh whatever. Um, the, the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get. I mean, what I've got to ask you this, Ed, because it's one of the things. The one of the things in this film that really do my head in, and I think really undercut the first introduction of Michael with the mask even though he doesn't anyway the dreams what's with the dreams ed like i was just about to ask you if you wanted to talk about that scene yet yeah um i mean let's get to it we meet seven-year-old um, laurie strode's daughter uh jamie and she she sees the ambulance outside the house then it's gone mm-hmm. and then you know rachel is who was babysat by laurie strode uh laurie strode and, and the the dad are now dead I think I think it's a car crash. I think that they, they said somewhere in some it was a car accident. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then Michael's in the mirror, and you see the mask, and it's just. I mean, I've got to do it because if I accidentally say this, it's not my own opinion. Ben from Film Floggers, when he did an episode oh, a couple of years back with with Tom, mm-hmm. um, uh, with Halloween Four, Ben nicknamed it. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> when I watched the film, all I kept thinking because it's it's the same kind of like look of that mask that Robert <laughs> Williams uses the really tight. <laughs> so I get where he's coming from. So, okay. that's, so I mean, the introduction of that is very much like, like what? Yeah, I well, don't know. It just undercuts his introduction for me. Number one, how does she know what he looks like? He doesn't even have the oh, mask. Oh my yet. god, that's literally underneath my. That's literally. What my next thing is, why would she be having nightmares? She never met the boogeyman. Like, she and another question him. I have that ties into this scene is right before this scene, she's down in the living room looking outside and she's looking at the ambulance. Is that ambulance really there? Or, like, if so, how does Michael know where his niece lives? Like, I'm just confused about that part as well. Because the ambulance that they took Michael out of is the Ridgemont ambulance, is sitting right out front of her house. Yeah. She's clearly staring at it. It's right in front of the yeah. house directly in the pouring down rain. Is that just something that she's seeing? You're or talking. is that supposed to actually be Michael like driving up to the house? And if so, how the hell does he know where I she mean, lives? He just well, found out about her existence. Well, he can't be driving. I mean, Ed, first off, you're talking as if we were a human being. And two, that I'm going to keep using that because it answers everything perfectly. Every issue you've got with the film, you're talking as if we were a human being. He can't be driving the ambulance because it's upside down in a flipping river creek bed with bits of bodies all over the place and Loomis yeah, paddling about this too. big tan jacket. That is true too. So it, that is very true. But but it is very much like what's he took going it up on here. The joyride and he had to ditch the vehicle. So that's what happened. Michael's got form for this. He does it in Halloween too. He, he goes somewhere he shouldn't know. And then in Halloween five, 
He he kills a boyfriend. Wait, then wait, he wait, go- wait, 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 wait. Where's he going? Part two. That he doesn't. I think I might. Have, I think I might. Have, I think I might have mixed that one up. Ignore that. Because I think I might. Have been say up. if you're from yeah, the ignore, hospital, yeah, he, no, he no, finds no, yeah. about the hospital on a radio. Yeah, that sorry, Billy I'm, Warlock yeah. is holding down the street. <laughs> I mix it up two and I mix it up two and five. Damn. So five, five one little head. So for so far, I've watched a lot of Halloween films out of order, all over the place. But you should know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am a human being. I, I don't have Michael Myers' powers, right? So, so okay. you've got, in five, he kills a boyfriend who's fixing his car. Then uh-huh. he gets in the car, puts that weird mask on, the, like, yeah. the big the, frumpy the, mask, the, the, Go, yeah. goes to his girlfriend's house. He knows where she is because he was creeping upon them earlier. And then he magically knows to drive to the party that they're going to. Without Wait, we're talk- talking about Halloween Five now. Yeah, I'm where sorry. We, I'm sk- where did we get I'm, this just, conversation? I'm just, I'm, movie. I'm just making the point that that Michael Myers. Okay, he doesn't have form because he's talking about a man who taught himself how to drive while put away for 21 years. Well, but, I mean, he watched. Was. I mean, you t- yeah, you t- yeah, you're talking about you know, he, he should be. He, he was comatose, and then he, he all of a sudden yeah. he wakes up and he shoves his thumb through someone's skull. I mean, it. What the hell is like Loomis saying in the first movie when he's he asked about how he learned to drive? No, about, about the driving. He's talking to uh, Dr. Oh, Wayne he says, uh, well, he was doing pretty well last night. Uh, whatever yeah, he, he says. Did, did a pretty good job last <laughs> night. <laughs> well, the way, um, you got to do it the way he says it. It's great. Uh, uh, but no, back to the scene, though. Um, uh, it's I, funny about the Lonnie, scene. The, the Logically, bit... Sorry, it makes no sense. But personally, I don't know. I kind of have some sentiment to it because growing up, I, when I say this movie and me go way back – Cinemax days here in the U.S. I'm talking like when it first premiered on Cinemax, like 1990, 1991, like back then, like I was li- literally like six, seven years old. So, like this, watching Halloween, to, Halloween four, and oh. and the other ones too. Yeah. So you were essentially the age that 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 Jamie's meant to be in this. Oh yeah, I was I evil. Bet, I bet you were. Like, <laughs> but... Were you looking through? Were you like? Shitting yourself every time you walked up to a mirror, thinking thinking the lightning was going to flash and the no, I, I never there. had like futuristic visions of like homicidal maniacs. <laughs> that never happened with me. But no, this scene had an effect on me. And that's what I. That's my big takeaway about it today is how much back then I used to like, you know, think about this scene or whenever I used to watch this scene, it would freak me out. Just like the, the idea of like this masked man, like grabbing you like that's every kid's worst nightmare is like someone grabbing you from underneath the bed and pulling you on like like what happens to her you know the lightning flash and then he like appears on the right panel in the mirror but then like after it stops he disappears and after she walks past whatever stuff like that the the, the scene's shot really well the, the scene is beautiful but yeah. Logically speaking, it doesn't really make sense. It's just a cheap yeah. nightmare scene. Like, there's so many. It leaves more questions than answers. Like, come on, how does she know what the hell he looks like? I don't he know. doesn't even know what he looks <laughs> like until tomorrow. I know. I, do, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair though, you are right in that there are interesting things in here. There, so you know, everybody's a lot of people. You know, you ju- you 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 get up in the middle of the night, you jump back in bed because somebody could grab your foot from under the bed. And then this film has somebody. I'm not saying it's the first one to ever do it. But this literally has her like, so you know, this grizzly, grisly hand comes out from under the bed, grabs her leg, and tries to rip her under it. It's yeah, I mean, it is. It's um, mm-hmm. it goes that kind of visceral terror, really. I I don't quite get because I mean, she's what? So she's lived for five years with unless Laurie Strode, if she was like she was in H2O and H40, maybe she was, but 
unless she brought Jamie up for five years, because she's been dead 18 months or whatever it is, unless she brought Jamie up for like six years, five, six years, and was just constantly saying, uh, I was the boogeyman. The boogeyman nearly killed me. And it's like, unless she did that, and like he had the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, and all <laughs> that. Like, there's no other reason for kind of for to have that. But um, I mean, I mean, yeah. But you know, you get. I mean, Loomis is back. Um, it's back, right? yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. Before we get to this bit, uh, I'm I'm not going to go through it scene by scene. But there's that many classic lines in this. I feel I'll feel disappointed if I miss anything out. But you've got uh, you've got. Uh, we meet Rachel, um, and it's like uh, there's, there's, there's lines, throwaway lines, this that I really just thought was really funny. Like, uh, she's like, she's like, Rachel, you you could eat more than that. She's like, I want a diet, mom. You want an Oliver for, for a daughter? I was laughing. I was like, where'd that come from? And then you've got Brady, and it's like, hey, and it's like, hey, mom, this is my big date. I think he's going to make a commitment. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, but your stepsister, who you've already ripped to pieces earlier, being like, do you love me like a sister? Like a real sister, and it's just like, well, I love you, but we're not real sisters. I mean, it's a bit rough. Um, because I wasn't sure the first time watching this whether Rachel had adopted Jamie or whether the parents have adopted Jamie. And then the parents, the parents are really hypocritical in this part as well. The dad's like, Oh, that girl needs all the love we can give her right now. And you're only gotta thinking, go to our meeting. You're, you're only thinking of yourself. I'm like, I'm like, shut off, mate. You're you're shooting off to a flipping swanky do with the missus. Like you yeah. can't like he's like, Oh, I gotta play ten to ten holes with card or whatever. You can hear in the background chatting away. Another one he's like dipping his tie in coffee on his tie and he looks at his wife and just gives her a look like you gonna do something about this? And she's <laughs> he like he dips, You got clean yeah. ties in the in the in the room. It's like that uh, guy's yeah. a douche canoe. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's like I've oh, honey, I've dipped. <laughs> it's like a. I was gonna say it sounds like a really bad sequel. Honey, I've dipped my tie in the coffee. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Rick just Moranis. The just the tip, just for <laughs> a second. See how it feels. <laughs> it's the only thing he'll be dipping his tip in. I tell you what, if he's like that with the wife, if I yeah, was I know, her, I'd right? be like, you're not getting a damn thing if you treat me like this. It's not my fault you're dunking your tires in coffee. Um, exactly. Oh yeah, I mean, and then you know, you, we meet Loomis. Loomis is kind of. He literally hobbles in. It's no, no other way to describe it. He's got a stick. He's scared. He, he hobbles into, um, not Smith's Grove, the the, hot, the sanitarium, and he's like Ridgemont. He talks Ridgemont, to, that's he, it, yeah. he approaches. Uh, what's like, his name? I had his name earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hoffman. Yeah, that's it. And he's just like you know the the bit I did at the beginning about well, why wasn't I notified? And he's like, we're not talking about any ordinary prisoner, Hoffman. We are talking about evil on two legs. He's like, look at me, Hoffman. Every day I look in the mirror and I remember, look at me. I don't want anyone to go through that night again. And it's like, oh, Loomis, I, I, I think we both know they're going to go through the night. Um, but I, t- I do like the kind of the visuals. I like the visual um, of the, the film is I had this in my notes, uh, the, the atmospheric cinematography. Like, it's just beautiful. I love the way this movie looks. Yeah. Um, something we we missed. That's like one of my favorite things about this movie. Period is the opening credits and the all those shots of like the farms and stuff. Even yeah. though like these places clearly don't exist, um, where it's supposed to be in in Illinois, but you know it's still cool. You know you get to see like all the nature shots of the you know the, the it's the Utah scenery. This this was filmed in Salt Lake City. Both all four of these or all three of these uh. The uh the, the Jamie Lloyd the Jamie Lloyd trilogy as I call it, four five and six were all shot in the, SLC. The Thorn trilogy. <laughs> the 
thorn trilogy. Yeah, you call oh. it that. I call it this. But anyway, I, I, she's a. a I call it something else, but it might be a beautiful city. And I love the way that it looks when the movie opens because you also, on top of that, you get Alan. Um, not Alan McElroy. That's that's the Alan B. McElroy. That's the screenwriter I'm talking about. Alan Howarth. That's right. The uh, protege of John Howard Carpenter, who does the score for this movie, yeah. all the music. It's just it's fitting and it's very like haunting and and it just feels like a fall october score you know and then he has his own little beat to the uh the theme and everything and you know all the beats are there it's 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 a halloween theme it just you got howard's touch it kind of resembles part two with the synth yeah but then he also adds his touch which is like i was just saying all the uh the atmospheric, you know, sound that go off the visuals that you know we see in the opening and throughout the movie too. Yeah, didn't he do? Didn't he come back and do five as well? Howard did four, five, and six. Oh, he goes off mistaken. the rails. Is it five? He goes really off the rails on five. Like that sounds. Well, like five, a- you get the the carny music with the cops. And shit. Oh and my part god! Six, oh, Tweedledee! Tweedledee! Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and then part six, you—it's—it's it's welcome to the nineties. Here's an electrical. Here's an electric guitar. Have at it. And Paul Rudd and Druids, and it looks like a film that was made for TV for about a thousand pounds. It's all, uh, or seven hundred bucks. Oh, it's terrible, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, then you know, <laughs> Loomis is just fuming. Uh, yeah, I like the visual of the ambulance upside down. You get Loomis decides to go for a paddle, and he's like, "He was here, but he's gone." Um, and the get the the guy's like, "He, you know, his muscles are wasted." And again, he, you know, he can't. He he's like, "Look, look like he's not a human being." Uh, and he's like, "He's like, I'm off to Haddonfield, off his shit." He's like, "It's a four hour drive." I lo- again, that's one of those things where it's like, "Do do do you need? Would a human being?" And that's not a joke. But would a human being actually go, oh, I'm off to so-and-so, it's four hours away. Like, I wouldn't go, I'm going to London, it'll take me four hours. If I'm talking to people I don't know, if I'm telling like, my family, oh, I'm going to be gone this long, then fair enough. But uh, yeah, right. I mean, then we get the, the whole gas station, or petrol station, as we call it. Um, you know, Myers <laughs> in bandages, he's looking creepy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Loomis kills all the up. workers. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he... But oh, this is this is the start, right? Of 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 Michael's. Inc- I mean, it's like a military operation. The way he like, it's like I disable the phones, then the electricity granted by accident. <laughs> then I'll take. Then I'll go. Then I'll suddenly go to a substation, and throw and literally launch a guy through the air like it's a cartoon, on onto this thing. And it, you know, I'll take it's out so the power over the top. <laughs> Well, what I love most about it is at the end of the scene itself, like it just becomes like this huge accent set like everything's on fire and explosions occur and it's like <laughs> this was just a simple little gas station encounter yeah. between Loomis and Michael Myers and all of a sudden it turned into a fucking Steven Seagal oh, movie yeah. like stuff's exploding and shit it's like how did we get here okay welcome well, to the 80s I guess yeah. well Dwight H. Little gets a Steven Seagal film off the back of this Steven Seagal recommended probably him got for... it off of this scene yeah, Seagal yeah, himself yeah. probably watched this and was probably like I like what he did with that gas station scene. Let me get that directed for my next movie. <laughs> and that's exactly how that happened. That's how him and Alan probably, got the job. Probably. And you get, you know, it's the first time we get, uh, I think, I don't think it's the last time. No, it's not the last time in the series, but it's one of the last times in the franchise where we get a showdown between Loomis and Michael. 
Oh, and it's not the last time we see them. No, no, no. He, he he uses the plank of wood and breaks a stuntman's nose later on. He has a stroke in the next movie on top of him. See, I didn't get. Yeah, you'll hear him at Halloween Five. I didn't quite get that he was having a stroke, but I just thought he was like knackered. That's what they imply, um, but then yeah. like he's alive and well by the time Part Six opens. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Did he even mix that? Have you watched Part Six yet? Y- yes, yeah, yeah, I've seen. Okay, it. I've seen you... every Halloween Part the Three. The first shot of him, he's like. Because at part five, he's like, you know, part six, when the first time you see Loomis, like he's listening, he's listening to the radio station, Barry, and he's like, I'm not <laughs> dead, just well retired, just very retired. Yeah. Ah, oh, no, bless him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you, so you get the showdown, and he's like, Michael, leave these people in peace. Don't go back to Haddonfield. Take me, take me if you must take anyone. Because he's to him oh so well before. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, this is what I was saying about, is it in, Is it five or six? I get confused. I've, I've watched too many in too short a time. And he's just like, and he's like, Michael, you don't need this. And he's talking to him for the knife. It's like, Loomis, like. That's five. It, it's been like five, yeah. It's Loomis, it's been like 15 years now. I give it up. Like, you've tried and, you know, you've given it a bloody good go. Well, He's showing signs of being tired in this movie oh, because in the gas yeah. in this scene alone, but before like he, when he first has the encounter, he just goes, he just gives off that. To me, it's like a tiresome. Like he just says it like he's tired. He's like, yeah, God damn you. And yeah. he just puts his gun up and shoots. And it's but then like, Michael's disappeared. My man is tired. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, he's knackered and I mean he's he's burned. He's struggling. I mean. Um, the film like just started and he's already like trying to, you know, uh, throw in the flag. Yeah, he's he's knackered, bless him, but I love I absolutely love when the music starts up. Uh Michael's disappearing. I love when the music do 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 it starts up. And you get Loomis, uh, you get Donald Pleasance doing the bet, and I've never seen any character do as good a change of direction as this. He literally goes from looking over the counter, it's like do 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 and he does this amazing like lean and twist and run to his left. It's unbelievable. He's like a swear. <laughs> like wait yeah. till you watch it back. Like I just love that. Um he gets he gets out into the um into the far cart and he's like Michael Michael uh, this is something that gets lost as bad as five and six are uh, well five's not that bad but the mass awful six is horrendous but as as bad as those films get uh, you've always got Loomis, and it always like you know, a twinkle in your eye, to, you know, warms your heart to have that. Michael, there's nothing better than Donald Pleasant yeah. shouting Michael or, or calling him, you know, evil on two legs or or stuff like that. And it's just great. And I, I love it. You know, he gets a couple of shots off, jumps jumps over some oil drums, um, just nearly takes his head off on the wall, and and then obviously Michael takes out these power lines accidentally. Uh, oh God! And then we get the awful like. Your uncle is the boogeyman, and it's like, like <laughs> all these on. Oh, the kids, these kids, the kids are sad. Oh, the little dude. shits. For like, no reason Jamie's whatsoever. An orphan. Like, what Jamie's the hell did Jamie an do to you? Yeah, I know. Like, what is your mommy gonna do? Oh, she doesn't have her mommy. Her mommy's a mummy. Yeah, yeah and like, whoa! I know. What the fuck did and she do to you guys? And they all start singing, "Jamie's an orphan." Yeah. You're like, oh my god! Like this, is like. Like this is this isn't on. Like this is too far. Um, yeah, but then her sister makes up for it by offering her ice cream. Two scoops. Well, I mean, she's all like she's double what, scoops. Like, yeah, I mean, she's what seven? She's meant to be seven. I think she's eleven when they made a film, but she's seven. So I suppose... she's. I think she's nine. I thought she's meant to be seven. Hang on, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Because I, I know she. Because I've been reading. I'm sure. I know she's... in real life she was like nine. Because I think when they I filmed she part was five, she turned ten. Oh, really? oh, okay, I might have uh, mixed again. 
Yeah. Uh, oh no, she was ten when they filmed this. Her birthday, her eleventh birthday, was on the set of this film. I think yeah. So I was I was right. And then uh, a year later, <laughs> she turned twelve while filming part five. Ah uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, cool. And you oh god yeah. And then we meet Rachel. Um, no, sorry, Rachel's mate Lindsay. Uh, in the car and it's like you remember my friend Lindsay and it's like oh my god yeah like, you remember it's Lindsay like, Wallace it's like, right you, you remember this character that you kind of need to know the name of but she'll be dead in about 10 minutes so uh, apologies again for the American accent I can't help it but I, I just I enjoy it I'm terrible at them but hey I've listened to enough American podcasts to hear you massacre the English accent or British accent so <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm trying, enough, to, I'm trying to level the playing field um, <laughs> no because no, you got you got the, okay you, real quick we got these two bizarre cameos first, first off shout out mm-hmm. Vincent Drug the drugstore from the Sandlot um, and and um, Nick Ayers is the stand from the early 90s so there's so the the friend of Rachel's here in the car is apparently supposed to be Lindsay Wallace from the first film. And then the other kid that Jamie's or Jamie, listen to me. That's, that's the actress, the uh, Laurie. <laughs> the other kid that Laurie's babysitting, um, Tommy Doyle oh, is one of the jocks inside the drugstore hanging out with Sasha Mitchell's character, Brady. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's evil. like the blonde apparently he's yeah. the guy who gets told no it's not that his name's wade fuck off wade evil one of those tonight. four guys is, is supposed to be uh uh tommy doyle yeah yeah i've read that in the, yeah in the truth i mean yeah i mean yeah this film if it did it you know it maybe he learned maybe he oh, i know it doesn't fit but maybe he got you know he saw the lynch mob in this and thought i'm gonna do a better job next time uh <laughs> I'm gonna do a better <laughs> job. I'm gonna have everyone. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a whole hospital shouting. I'm gonna leave a whole that. pack yeah, yeah. next time. <laughs> I'm gonna make an innocent, you know, psychiatrically fragile person jump off a building. That, that's. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make my yeah. mark. Um. Yeah. Oh God. Honestly. Uh. But yeah. Again. I mean, there are just points where I. I know it's just a mass. Just very very white. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean. Oh God. I mean. It, the bit where they're in the the sh- uh, they're in the oh god yeah because uh what Rachel goes to see Brady like, it's like all these pins are getting set up and you know they're just gonna get knocked down later on by the bowling ball that is the boogeyman and you get um you meet Brody Brody Brady Brady Brady, Brady damn it that's listening to bloody film floggers too much they say <laughs> Bro- yeah Brady sorry but Brady <laughs> Brady uh, goes to meet him he's like I don't know the good looking one I suppose. Uh, the, the kind of after uh, it's Sasha Jensen from Dazed and Confused. I, he I, plays I, Brady. Oh, I don't know what. Sorry, I, I passed you've never seen one. the movie Dazed and Confused. Mm, no, I'll have to add it to the list. Okay. Um, th- um, yes, yeah, so he he he's kind of giving Kelly the eye, who's Sheriff Meekin's daughter. She's like working in this kind of. Is it like mm-hmm. a cross between like a like a drugstore chemist type thing and like it's a, a drugstore? It's it's yeah. it's just it's you got your. You got your pharmacy in the back, and then everything uh, else is like a convenience store. You know, uh, you sell yeah. like Halloween costumes during the season, like yeah. at this place in particular. Yeah. I'm sure there's some like you know bread and stuff down one aisle, some whatever it, down the other. Because we tend to have chemists that are on their own, see, so it kind of confused me to see a drugstore. Well, I think when you say chemist, I think here it's a pharmacist is the same. Thing oh, okay. We call right. a chemist. Uh, um. Oh, yeah, the people funny. that deals with all the, the medicine yeah, 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 that works behind the counter. Yeah, here we call them pharmacists. Right, right, okay. Uh cause you do. Uh there's a <laughs> all right. there's um what was I gonna say? 
I'm only poking for America, by the way. You're my biggest audience, so I've got to. Otherwise, uh, I'm stuffed. <laughs> what was that? The bit I was trying to remember about... Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, he's giving Kelly the gla- the old glad eye. Rachel's there, like, trying to start up this big night. She sends Jamie off. She's like, oh, Jamie, go pick up some... Uh, pick, up pick, up go, pick up my costume. Pick up a costume. costume. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Do you is this meant to be the star from the original where Michael Myers stole the rope, the mask? No, 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 is it okay? Fair enough, I just wondered. So, so yeah, um, so off she goes. That's the store in the original is a hardware store, I forgot the name of it, but it's not that, it's not this. This is a drugstore, that was a hardware store, right? Right, good to know. Um, yeah, so (laughs) so off she goes, she finds the, the clown costume, which is very similar to what young Michael Myers was wearing when he killed his sister, Judith. And you you see the reflection of Maya after she smashes the glass because she sees the boogeyman. Um, and he, you see this grizzled hand pick up the mask. And yeah, she backs it, up into the mirror. Yeah, and then you see him, and it's like, is he in front of the mirror? to get This, this is where, for me, I don't mind dream sequences, but when they, they put that much in that you get that confused about... Right, what's real? What's her imagination? What's an actual? Well, dream? they have they they place a real quick like it feels like a insert shot at the end of this sequence here to make it seem like it's real to insinuate that it was actually that it actually happened, and that's after all the the, the madness and everything occurs. You see him walk away through the broken glass, Michael. Ah, uh, yeah. So so he's actually there because this is where he gets his mask. Yeah, that insinuates yeah. that it's definitely that. Yeah, it's 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 supposed to be real. Yeah. That it actually happened. Yeah. I also did get the mask. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, who knows? You're talking as if he was a human being. You've got a uh, um. <laughs> you've got this is where uh, Loomis is walking down the road. He tries to flag that because his car's exploded in the forecourt. He's walking down the road. He's dusty. He's he's knackered. He's he's lost his cane. And he's waiting. Another guy flies past in, it in like a station wagon. Doesn't want to pick him up. Um, God, who would? And then you've got you've got um, think of Greece crossed with the kids in that sports car at the beginning of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Imagine that kind of car. They pull up. The cheerleaders got pom poms. I don't know if they have. It's just how I remembered it. And they turn up and they're like, "Come on, old man, come on!" And he like starts hobbling towards them, bless him. And they drive off and like they drive off and like like hit him with all this dust. And I was like, that was the one part of the film where I thought you've missed a trick there. They should have had Loomis say something because like you know something along the lines of I know it's a different situation, but something along the lines of like, "Hey, Lonnie." Get your ass away from there. <laughs> you know, like something like that. Like, right. no, obviously, so that he likes, you know, says something. Um, but he doesn't. He's just there coughing his guts up. And then he gets this guy, you know, this this uh, guy shouts him behind him. like hey, Reverend oh, Jackson P. Sayer. Oh, I've wrote it down as well. You beat me to it. But yeah, I had oh, to, man. Yeah, I love yeah, this guy. Yeah, no, you go for it. It's uh, Amen as his license player. He's just, you're hunting it, aren't you? You're hunting damnation. It's like, oh, this this is I, I actually it I don't know if you know that you probably do, but in the in the novelization of this film, this guy, this reverend, comes back to Haddonfield to help Sam Loomis, Dr. Loomis. He goes to the police station, finds them all dead. And then as he's trying to find Dr. Loomis and Sheriff Meekin, Michael Myers finds him and gouges his eyes out with his with his fingers. And then Loomis finds the guy straggling around, oh, wow. blinded. It sounds like something then, that would have happened yeah. in this movie. 
And then the 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 guy the the guy uh, uh, Sherry, uh sorry Reverend Jackson P. Sayer, I had to say it. He then says <laughs> to Loomis, "I I finally found him. I looked into the eyes of pure evil." And that, that was what. And I thought, "Oh my God!" Like yes, it, that that needed to be in this film. Like I, I when I read that, I was like, "Oh, why? Why didn't you put that in?" Like like you you didn't have to show the eyes getting gouged out. You could have had it in shadow, a bit like the mummy. You just keep you know, that bit where he loses his eyes. Didn't have to be bloody. I know there's no CGI about him, but you could have done it. You could have been done. And I'm like, oh, what a, what a, what a shame. But I bet the book's great. Um, yeah, and you know, get the whole like you're hunting damnation, and oh, I don't know, like this, I don't know what you think about this, but he starts singing. He's like, <laughs> uh, yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, beautiful river, and mm. Loomis smiles. He's he's giving him a drink, and I'm. That classic Loomis smile. One of the rare times you see him smile. Yeah. Um, And I thought that Loomis was smiling because it's like dark humour because he's thinking of the ambulance upside down in the river. Now, I I don't know if that's right, but that watching it the second time, I was like... never made that connection before. I was like, oh, well, I wonder if that's why he's smiling as if like, oh, we'll we'll meet at the river and Loomis is thinking, oh, well, yeah, that's where it all started. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe, maybe. I've never reaching. thought about that before, to be honest well, with you. But maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm reaching on that one. But um, yeah, I mean. and then you know, it, the scene we've all been waiting for Loomis turns up disheveled, uh, looking just he's just increasingly just uh, like detached and, and kind of he comes across as insane. I mean, he says earlier, Hoffman, where he's just like. You know, Loomis, I, I think you're the one who needs psychiatric care. And I, I'm inclined to agree with him. He stumbles into the police station. He's like, I need to talk to Sheriff Brackett. And the guy's at least moved to... Does he say it? Does he say somewhere in Russia? Does he say uh, or Soviet no, Union? No, he's like, you have, to move, you have to move so many miles down south or whatever because he, he retired, like, I think he says he retired eight... I forgot how many years ago, but he definitely says he. He says nineteen eighty. He says nineteen eighty one, but I'm sure he says St. Petersburg or somewhere like that. I'm, sh- yeah, I'm sure. Florida. He oh, was that St. in Florida? He's in Florida. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. See, I mean, this is this is where the geography comes in. If St. he says St. Petersburg, Saint Florida to resort me, town. I think Russia. Right. Okay. <laughs> You're thinking fucking Russia. Like, I'm, yeah, thinking, that's what if, I'm thinking fucking hell. He must have been haunted. I know his, his, his poor daughter's been killed. And... Yeah, that's what Brackett did. Him right, and his right, wife right, were okay. like, oh, but honey, we're moving to let's, Russia. Let's defect to the Soviet Union. Like, let's yeah. just go. Like, I want to get away. I want to get away. That's, um, that's what happened to him. Went to sorry, Petersburg, okay. Russia. You know, I wondered that. I was thinking... <laughs> Well, I was thinking, surely America to St. Petersburg's bushes more than three thousand miles. This doesn't make sense. Oh my God, I'm a oh, I don't care. I, you know, we we can't all be perfect, right? So St. Petersburg's no, in man, Florida, no, exactly. That's, Florida, that's funny. That's funny as shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why is he thinking Russia? And then I'm like, oh, it's St. Petersburg. Oh God, I oh, got that's... it. Oh dear me, right? Yeah, okay, so. Uh... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh god, this is why I love podcasting because if you tried to make that shit up, people a bit you'd swallow it a mile nah. up. Genuinely, this is second time I watched this film. I was thinking, really? Like he was that gutted by Michael Myers? He moved to Russia. Like why he did they pick Russia? Out. He had to move across the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> had a bunch of Soviets. Yeah, yeah. Loomis lands on a plane, and he's like, yeah. you know, he's just, he goes find Sheriff Brack in the middle of Russia. 
you guys want to catch up on old times and drink some vodka? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd love to watch that scene, I tell you. <laughs> Remember um, that night on Halloween? Yeah. Oh. yeah my fucking daughter. <laughs> that remind oh, me? Oh, God. Uh, right. Um. Yeah. Where, where, where was I up to? Yeah. Okay. So he's just, he's just like, he wants Larry Strode's daughter dead. Six bodies. And he gets more and more like shouty, a bit like me now. And he's just like, six bodies. Six bodies between here and between Haddonfield and wherever I've been. And I was thinking six. I was thinking, oh yeah, because there's the there's the woman in the there's the woman in the, in the, like, the cafe and, and, the, and, the, and there's four in the ambulance, and then there's the there's the poor mechanic who's just trying to get his car fixed, and then there's the woman behind the counter who was apparently giving out meals to nobody in the place, like because she's got plates, there's plates around her, and I'm like, well, she, it might have been for her and the mechanic, I suppose. This is um, done, man. It's what? Oh. Jesus Christ. I was referencing a movie that you probably never heard of, and I was thinking about that after I already said the line. I was like, he's probably never even heard of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. No, but I really want to watch that film. Sounds good. It's a, it's a 90s comedy with uh, Christina Applegate and a bunch oh. of other... Oh, Danielle Harris good. is in it, too. Oh, well, they, oh, good link. But no, no, it's like when uh, when I did a... Oh, God bless him, as he, he always rates my episodes. Josh from the Talking Smack podcast, Superhero Movies, Animation, Comics. And he... um. We were having a conversation. What were we talking about? Um, that was a good example. Oh god, it, it really tied into this as well. He made a reference that went over your head. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, he made a reference. We were watching, we were we were reviewing a film. I think we were reviewing uh-huh. the fugitive. Yes, we were. Okay. Chicago, right? And right yeah. in the middle of the review, he just goes, uh, I have people skills, damn it. And it went, I didn't know what he was on. <laughs> Office space. Office space, yeah. I've watched it and reviewed it since. Don't worry. Great okay. film. Uh, but that, that's another. Because that another. guy, George Real, is in. That's right. He's in. Yeah, the yeah. He's in the he's future. On the yeah. train. He's the guy who's he's like. He's on the a, train. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's the one, there's one of the detectives at the beginning who's like, a, so you're, uh, sorry, sorry, Chicago and Chicago people. But he's the guy at the beginning who's like, so we're. You're not going to be hurting too much after this, are you, Doc? He's that. He's. I'm sure one of those is in, but uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so to get back to the film, uh, Brady, um, he goes for a bit of Kelly instead. He doesn't. He, you know, he, uh, Rachel has to babysit mm-hmm. her stepsister, uh, and he's like, oh well, if that's going to happen, then I'm going to go for for a bit of Kelly because Jamie decides she wants to go trick or treating because the kids are bullied her and called her an orphan. Um. That's. I'm not joking. Uh, Michael Myers kills another dog. Uh, yep. Nice throwback to the original. And he la- again, this is the bit where he launches the guy on the power lines. Um, and we were talking Bucky. to who? Bucky. Oh, is that his name? His name is Bucky, yeah. Uh, wasn't much of a winter soldier then, was he? Uh, sorry, that's terrible. <laughs> and, uh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, the, the film's what, written in 11 days by... Alan B. I can't even read me on writing. Mc- Miguel Roy. Miguel Roy, thank you. Uh, to, to beat a writer's strike by literally hours. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was There was a writer's strike in 88. Then there was another one 20 years later in 2008. And now uh, 15 years we're later, one. we're in the middle of another one. Yep. Um, and I, again, I like the scene with the multiple Michael Myers masks because you get like, they're just kids kind of messing about. But I yeah. love that scene where you just get Dr. Loomis and uh, Sheriff uh, Meekin, who's Meeker, Meeker, whatever. Meeker. Who's, who's just Meeker. like, who's just like, oh dear God. And they're all mm-hmm. looking at these three Michael Myers because I just thought that was, I, I loved that the first time watching it, really liked the second time. And then there's just all of a sudden, because I, I thought, oh my God, like they're going to kill another one. Because if Loomis just pulled his gun up and was just like bang, and then it's just some kid. Um, but that doesn't that happen in 
the first one. He doesn't shoot anyone, but isn't there that kid that gets killed crossing the road? Ben, Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer at part two. Part two, sorry, part two. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I really like that bit. But again, the mask. I mean, it just, yeah, uh, I wasn't. Yeah, anyway. Um, again, we get Loomis. It, it isn't a man. We are dealing with evil. Um, he, yeah, he absolutely loves it. You get Earl and the gang. As I've nicknamed them, uh, Earl and the gang. These are the kids, <laughs> the guys. Um, and I'll, I'll the kind of like the ring of police station. There's no one there, so they're like, right, get in your trucks. We need to go find out. We need, we need to protect the town because one of them had a son killed by Michael Myers, uh, 10 years ago. I'm not sure who that's meant to be. Uh, do you know who that's meant to be? Rich, that again. There's sorry, I talked too fast. There's a there's a bit where so Earl and the gang in the bar, they're like, right. oh, there's, they, oh no, they haven't picked up the phone at the police station, and one of the guys, it might be a bit later on, says, oh, my son was killed by Michael Myers. Like, you didn't deal with this last time, Sheriff. We're gonna deal with it. Oh, and and Michael Myers has trashed the uh, the police station as well, because you get that great scene after it where um, he, his son had to have been Bob from part one. That's the that only other sense. guy who gets killed. That I can think of, there's only like four or five people die in the first film. Annie, Lindsay, not Lindsay, uh, Linda. You see why I picked Ed to come on? Everybody, he's like an encyclopedia evaluator. Bob, yeah, he would. It would have had to have been Bob's father. Anyway, no, I, I missed that line. Holy shit! Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I didn't pick up on that. That's <laughs> oh, all right. Um, there was the bit you can't. You've you've got like ninety nine point nine. 0.99% of everything else, right? So um there's oh god, yeah. The the you get where oh you, you get that scene which I love again, where you get um Sheriff Meekin stood there, Meeker, and he's like Meekin, whatever. And he's there and he's like You're right, Meeker. Meeker, he's like, go back home, go back home, you're gonna do no good. And then, <laughs> and then you get Loomis who just totally cuts across him and he's just like Michael Myers is back in Haddonfield. He's come here to kill. And they're all like, and then the sheriff's like, you've created a lynch mob and Loomis fires back immediately with, you don't have a police force because they're all in bits in the, behind them. Which yeah. I like about this film, actually. Like, I like that. And you can't have it too much because it, it, it's boring if too much is off screen. In this film, you have things, that, but I like when they do it a good balance of having things on screen and off screen in that you see him kill a mechanic. You don't see him kill the woman. You don't see him go in there and terminate the police station. You just see the aftermath. And no, I wish I would have seen that. I'm not going to lie. I put, I put that in my notes. I would have been like, no. I wish I would have you know, actually seen this scene go down, but it, it definitely, I know it wasn't filmed. I guess that wasn't, um, it's probably a budgetary reason why it wasn't shot. Probably, yeah. The first thing you see is like a an armless corpse. Well, I thought it was headless. I thought it was a head. Oh, I always thought that was an arm. Okay, maybe it's a head. Because I thought you saw... Oh, maybe it isn't. I thought you, you see saw... You see a like, limbless corpse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, Michael, he doesn't mess about. Um, Then they basically decide... Oh, God, yeah. Then you, they decide to haul up at the making residence, which I liked about this film. I liked it kind of... It becomes self-contained a little bit like the original did. 
I like the fact that they were like, right, we're going to haul up. We're going to get behind some metal shutters. Tell everybody to get, you know, Loomis is like, tell everybody to get indoors uh, and you know, get the kids indoors and lock all the doors. Okay, yeah, this house, I wanted to talk about the Meeker house because it's one of my favorite moments of this movie. Um, you know, it, it, it's a lot goes down, you know. We got the Michael kind of like swaying his way inside, being sneaky in, in the backseat of the deputy's car. That's how he gets in. And then, you know, he just starts going off one by one, starting with Kelly Meeker. And then uh, Brady, and then we get that big encounter on the roof. Yeah, oh, I just the the only thing about the the Brady, the editing needed to be quickened up because it's too slow. Like how long? I mean, I don't shoot guns. I've never shot a gun. I don't plan to ever shoot one. I, I don't understand. I mean, God, how long does it take you to reload a shotgun? Well, yeah, like, you got two, two things into consideration. Number one, that's an old gun. That he's holding big old rifle that's like used for hunting and whatnot. So I I, I don't know. I just I just have a hard time believing because Brady's also a high schooler too. You got to remember that as well. And and just number two, the whole aspect that it's it's probably a heavy gun and you know it's I think that was a double barrel if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I it could was. be wrong. No, no, it was. To be fair, things no, take yeah. time to reload. Yeah, yeah, because no, this is good. This is good to point out because actually, you're right. Like he's he's frightened. He's seen. I mean, people are dying, and he's essentially had a really old shotgun. Shaky hands. hands, old gun, yeah. heavy well, gun, and he's the, young. The sheriff. I know he's, he's frightened of the sheriff because he's like, uh, he's like, you grope my daughter again, and we'll have words. And he says, can you shoot a gun? He's like, yes, sir. He, he could have meant he shot. I don't know. And, and you know, yeah, and a rifle you, or something. You if know, if I ever catch you with my daughter, I use a shotgun on you. Yeah, yeah, well, I do. Yeah. Well, have we have we skipped? Have we skipped uh, the shotgun death on the dog? I, I kind of uh, I I breezed over it by mentioning it. That's all. But no, we can talk about it. I mean, it's it's also. You know, it's an inventive scene. Uh, it's yeah. it's different. He's just taking the shotgun and basically just pinning her, pinning her yeah. to a wall. You don't really see nothing. It's it's a tame kill, but it's also a memorable one. The noises are pretty. When you listen to the noises, there's dripping, and that's pretty. Yeah, I think yeah. It's more what your imagination can't see. And I like the fact that and you I, don't. Sorry, yeah, go on. I was gonna say real quick. I also know it was hell for uh, Kathleen Kinmont to film because, like, they had her. They had this like bicycle banana seat that like that she had to sit on yeah. for this sequence while while they were like giving off the illusion that she was hanging yeah. and they kept on like having to like redo the shoot and, and like reshoot it and, and retakes and whatnot and like she had like this monstrous bruise on her thigh or something like that. I, I heard her oh, uh, no talking doubt. about yeah just from being hung up there for so yeah. long. Oh yeah you you will uh in one of my jobs I used to have to go down slides in a water park and a harness mm. and if you're if you're hanging for too long on anything even if it's spotting you you will get that kind of pressure marks but oh yeah i can imagine for that it was it was pretty rough but you know i like the shotgun death's decent uh brody gives it a good go i know he struggles with the gun but he hits michael with the gun he punches him he, he does all right for a bit you know it's the first time i think well not the first time but it's he it gives it a good go uh which which i appreciated to be honest yeah. um i liked when we got the glimpse, um, which is this is going to be a bit of a shocker, but I like the glimpse of the pink mask because it's not that pink. 
and the blonde hair I thought was kind of like surreal, but kind of worked. And I thought the mask looked better. I, I don't, I mean, I know that's probably like, yeah, really just, for me, my OCD mentality, it just fucks with it. It just, it's, it's a continuity error that I just can't get past. Uh, but I mean, the yeah, that mask is, is more akin to, cause this is a new mask. So they could have come up with a, I always tell myself I mean, that I mean, it's different the versions. way the, line sh the light shines on it for that shot. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but the director in an interview said that um, the the reason why he got he got the film was because there was an original treatment by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill and other writers, and he declined. He said, "I don't want to film that." He said he said it was quote just teenagers screwing and getting killed end quote, and he then pitched <laughs> Halloween for in its as it is now, and he got that job, and this was when. John Carpenter and everybody else walk away from it because uh, it's the first film without his involvement uh, because they wanted to go down the more psychological line, which they kind of hint on in H2O a little bit where Halloween's been banned. They don't celebrate it. It's had this really difficult kind of impact. And right. they wanted to have this whole thing about kind of about Michael being like the specter of of kind of not the real Michael, but the specter that was killing people type thing. Because at this point, you know, for people who don't know, I'm sure Ed does, and he'll no doubt help me out. But at this point, the Halloween series is, um, is the the one it did to be kind of a, <clears throat> excuse me, an anthology series. So Halloween three hmm. was meant to be the start of these different type of of stories, uh, not all about well, Myers. Two, they wanted two to start with the old anthology idea because originally part two was all for the Tommy Wiles, who basically said no if because they wanted to do the michael myers continuation and he was like we just did that movie it had a beginning middle and end i'm not doing it a second one so he declined and once they did part two and they got john carpenter involved through some legal loopholes that benefited them they went with the whole anthology idea because what John Carpenter did by making them, by forcing him to write part two, he wrote it so that Michael Myers had an, an effective ending. Like, you know, it blew him up. How's he going to come back? So that's when part three kind of came around a year later. And they were like, well, we know you had that anthology idea. Let's, uh, let's give that a whirl. And once box office numbers wasn't a bomb, but it made, just the, the amount of money that the second one made. It made like the equal, I think the totals were both 14 million once it was all said and done for both films. So it didn't lose money, but it didn't make them any more money either. And so that's when they went back to the Michael Myers thing. Not to mention this was late eighties and all these big franchises were making a kill at the box office. You had Jason, you had Freddie, you know, and they were like, Ooh, we got this Michael Myers guy. We can always just dust him off and bring him back. And that's here we are. Yeah. So, but before we do, before we do anything, I did want to make an effort real quick to at least mention the rooftop scene. Cause it's very yeah, yeah. key. Um, Cause originally that scene was supposed to be while it was on fire there. Cause originally in the basement, there was supposed to be an extra scene that wasn't filmed, obviously between Sheriff Meeker and Michael and Michael was supposed to kill him and that the furnace was supposed to get knocked over and cause the whole house to catch on fire. And then when that scene happened with him chasing Jamie and um, uh, um, 
Rachel on the roof. That was supposed to be while it was engulfed in flames, but because of budget and not, I think just not really knowing how to shoot it properly or having the right technology in the late eighties, they opted to do what they did with this when, because that, that the current rooftop scene, the way it was shot now, what we saw in the end product, it was an actual roof that they had constructed, but it was only like six feet off the ground as opposed to, you know, the typical size. So they just constructed just a rooftop set for this, and, and they did it in this field. And the scene where she rolls down, Rachel, um, Ellie Cornell's character, or Ellie Cornell, the actress who plays her, there was a nail that was sticking out because they had to rush this, you know, to, to get it up. And yeah. they she rolled over and her stomach got torn open by this the nail that was sticking up. So they just patched her up and she was like, no, we're good to go. Give me a tetanus shot and keep rolling. So that's all. I wanted to make, I, I had no, to no, yeah. the rooftop No, scene. you're right. I, I was... thought that was key. Yeah, sorry, I was I was about to get to it. And it's, um, it's a great scene too, by the way. Oh, there's a, I mean, Michael Myers is he's struggling to walk on it. There's there's a there's a. Bit I'm a sucker for a good rooftop scene though. You see it in this. We see it in uh, a Jason film. We saw it in one of the Leatherface movies. Like I don't know, it's a guilty pleasure. I like a good rooftop oh, battle. Oh yeah, you like yeah exactly yeah. I can't I can't argue with that one. Uh, but my the last few notes obviously that Michael um gets on top of the. Uh, ends up on top of the car. Well, ends even up, though yeah. we don't see him on our knee for the truck when they had that one shot that comes around the bend, yeah. it's like I don't see anyone underneath the truck because, I mean, like, I'm led to believe that he has superhuman strength and he's able to hold himself down underneath that truck while it's you know driving from the school I mean, to where they are. Yeah, I mean, Ed, you're talking as if you were a human being. Shut up, okay? <laughs> but I will say this is the other scene that stood out to me when I was a kid. Yeah. This is another scene that I think about from you know my childhood was him popping up in the back of the truck and just taking out these guys. Poor old drunk men. Half of them just get thrown off. So oh, the beer, the beer belly brigade. Oh, yeah, they're off. A couple of them get stabbed, but a few of them I saw just get thrown off. It's like, ah. Oh, Maybe some road rash, broken hip. It'll be all right. Yeah, I'm um, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I mean, you get, you get, uh, the, the, Michael Myers kills kills all them lot, and then they basically you end up with Rachel and uh, Jamie in the passenger seat, uh-huh. and they're driving and they do a bit of swerving, and they slam the brakes and he flies off, and he, and then she runs him over. Recommended of the world's small cemetery in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and then he falls down. Well, actually, they turn up. And the uh, the sheriff maker has got the shotgun that Arnold Schwarzenegger not not the actual one but the same model of gun that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uses the shotgun type in the assault on the PlayStation in Terminator. Uh, the, I think it's called <laughs> a Spats or something like that. I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll notice it's it's he's got them in the film. It, yeah, it's the shotgunny one that Arnold Schwarzenegger uses, and they're shooting at Michael, and he falls into a grave. Uh, That's great. It's as bad as it sounds. It's not. But then, and then in the next film, it becomes a mine shaft, and then he floats. Yeah, down all of a sudden, oh, yeah, dynamite yeah. gets brought into the picture. It's like they they really add to the scene in the next film. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Loomis is 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 well, he's as over the moon as Loomis can be. He's like the evil is buried or whatever he says. Not quite yet. Yeah, yeah, not yet, Loomis. Uh, and he's like, and then you see kind of Rachel's just absolutely traumatized. Uh, Jamie clearly is, but we find out just how much she's traumatized in a minute. 
And you because she touched her uncle's hand. She went down yeah. to inspect her uncle yeah. after he got knocked down in the cemetery and she touched the hand. They're like, Jamie, get away from him. Yeah, and this this is where you get the start of the whole Thorn trilogy or the Jamie trilogy. We're yeah. to believe that this is where the evil got passed down. Yeah. Even though yeah. it's retconned. Yeah. I mean, you get yeah, you get um Loomis with the great line of, you know, they they survived this ordeal, they'll survive its uh, memory. And I'm like, really, Loomis? Because I mean y- your memories have taken um, and the burns but taken a hell of a toll on you. Uh, the parents finally turn up, they're back home. Like, where the hell have they been? because uh, all the power's out, so the party yeah, they were all out the party. Been that. Yeah, well, yeah, what kind of a party was it? I mean, anyway. So you get the Halloween so the mom decides to, you know, the best thing will be a nice hot bath. And she's running the bath for Jamie. You get the Halloween music. Yeah, we from get a familiar POV oh, shot. Yeah. Through the mask. Someone puts a mask on. Uh, goes towards the mom. She looks at the stepmom. She looks up. And then you get screams. Loomis. I don't know. This, this is the only thing that occurred to me this second time around. Of all the people to be the quickest up the stairs, it's Loomis. Maybe he was just stood near them. Who knows? Uh, he goes up the stairs. He looks in horror. He's like, no, no, no. And then, Yeah, poor Loomis. Like, he always ends oh, up, like, the shit end of the stick by the time oh, these films come yeah. to an end. Oh, yeah, he's got the shot end of a shitty stick, definitely. Like, it uh, never ends happily for my boy Sam. Never. No, no. and he's just like, um, we see Jamie. She's in the clown outfit for some reason. She's got blood all over her. She's holding a pair of scissors that are all covered in blood. Well, it's the clown and, outfit because it resembles yeah. Michael from... 63 or whenever that was 78 no 68 sorry, no, no, 60, when yeah. he was a boy sorry, when yeah, he was sorry, six you're years right, old yeah. Yeah, you're right damn it i was getting cocky he's it? wearing a clown Does costume <laughs> there you go well we see the shot of him earlier in the in the mirror don't we i mean I, what else she having a... yeah we yeah, do that's yeah. right that's right that was a bit ham-fisted i mean you didn't need i don't think they needed it but whatever um yeah, whatever i mean yeah i enjoyed it you've got um Oh, then Loomis is like distraught, but he doesn't forget to take care and he's about to shoot her, um, which becomes a trick. He's for about Loomis. to put a hole in her head, too. And then, well, like, Mika comes from out of the frame, like, No, what are you doing, yeah. man? She's evil on a child's two legs. I don't know, you did whatever you call it. Um, I, I, in fact, you know what? I was actually dis oh, sorry, I haven't got time for the discussion, but I was disappointed in six that they didn't, sorry, 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 five. I was disappointed they didn't go forward with. Having Jamie as the mother actually dying. Yeah, yeah, and all oh, she's alive, really. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, so I know you push for time, sorry. So right. Loomis is absolutely gutted. Sheriff making stops him shooting. Loomis, it just looks broken. Absolutely, he's like he's in tears. He's crying. Like typical ending to a Halloween. Film. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's that's your lot. I think my my very quick verdict on the film. I don't usually do verdicts, but I had to for this one. Was um. The kills aren't great. The pacing's decent. The script's decent. It's creepy. It's not particularly scary. It's got a really good atmosphere. And to be fair, it held up a lot better than my rewatch of Halloween 2. Um, I mean, and 5 isn't very good and 6 is an abomination. But so, for, for, I look upon 4 quite kindly. It's got, I think it's got enough Loomis in there for me. That's So it is, I would much prefer to watch 1 and then 4 than I would to watch 2. I really like. I don't know what it is about this film because the kills aren't that. There's not a lot of kills. I don't think there's a killing. You know, there's not like a apart from maybe the shotgun one. There's not a massive standout kill apart from maybe the thumb. Yeah, I mean it's it's got a few, but at the end of the day, it's it's uh, 
I mean, it could it is tame. Could be worse. I don't know. I'm when I look it, at this yeah. movie, I'm not watching it for the gore. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, I'm I'm watching it for Loomis. I, I mean, it, and you know the the way the Loomis, other Loomis, Jamie, love, yeah. Rachel, yeah. Ellie Cornell, and and Daniel Harris, yeah. Donald Pleasance, and then you know the fact that it's just a Halloween movie that just it's back to basics. It's a Halloween movie, yeah. Yeah. Hadfield Halloween night, yeah. old school you, slasher stuff. Yeah. It's it's nothing complicated. No, you know. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you one thing as well. That for anybody who's not seen it, given how the rest of the Halloween films go, I mean, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is the worst. Then maybe six. I haven't seen Resurrections yet, but I've heard that's awful. When it and, and the <laughs> the new Halloween trilogy is spot on. I don't know how anybody could rate any of those worse than. I know kills is divisive and ends is even more divisive, but I don't know how, as a purely a film, you could rate them worse than six. Yeah. Um, but, there are people out there who yeah. do that. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, and, and fair play to them if they love the Thorn trilogy and the Druids and stuff like that. And fair play to them because we all like different no, things and there wouldn't it's be a subjective. Min- exactly, exactly. And I have no issue if someone disagrees completely with what I mean. If you love it, you right. love it. Uh, our point's gone. All, all the our point is, for, in my opinion, given how <clears> bad the Halloween series get, Halloween 4 gets an, gets an awful lot right. Yes, the mask isn't great. But it gets but it a lot makes right. up in other areas. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Halloween Six, which is probably the worst film for me personally. The mask is the best it's been since like the first one, and yet the film's that bad. It it does it can't make up for it, um, in, in my opinion. <clears> but uh, but yeah, but um, sorry, uh, do you have kind of your verdict on it, or would you like to just no, just real quick, part five. Go. I mean, part four for me, it's like it's. I just looked up my score on Letterbox. It's four out of five. That 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 checks out for me. The way I feel, the majority of that score is a lot of nostalgia, but just the fact that I feel like it's like I said, it's an old school back to basics Halloween movie. It doesn't overcomplicate itself. It doesn't get over r- ridiculous with with things. It's just it's an '80s slasher movie that takes me back to that time and era. Whenever I watch it, it's like a comfort film for me to watch. Um, that's why it's one of my favorite films uh, in in this particular series. Um, First time seeing Daniel Harris, of course. Um, you know, of, and, and of course she returned. We talked to, about it's, it's, yeah. no. I'm just gonna say it's it's, it's uh, overall like it just it's universally loved. I feel like especially nowadays, like we were talking about at the top of the episode, a lot of people love this movie, and I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. Ben and Ben and Tom from Film Floggers did not love this film. Um, no. But but to be fair though they have they haven't reviewed all the Halloweens that so they need to go watch some of the others. And Maybe they should watch part five and review yeah, that one. Yeah, at six. I'm trying. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get Ben to do six with me, but he's traveling, so we'll see if I can get it. But no, th- yeah. thank you uh, to you, Ed, for coming on and and putting. Ah, up thanks for having me. Rambling love away. being on here. Um, no, I love having you on, and I, I hope I haven't rambled too much. I lo- I, I genuinely love these films. It doesn't no matter how bad they get. Like, I love Loomis. I like the Michael Myers character. I think it's yeah, it's a right. credit to how well Daniel Harris and uh, what's the woman who plays Rachel, Ellie Cornell, how well she does. I was annoyed with what they did with her character. I felt like it was we were kind of robbed of her. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was great. Would you like to tell everybody um, where you're from Ed, and where where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Real quick, the Film Effect Podcast, where every week me and either my friend Corey or one of our other co-hosts from the team get together and do a full, you know, detailed 
breakdown of a movie from start to finish, give it the full deep dive, one film a week, usually on Tuesdays. And then on Fridays, um, typically in the afternoon time, right, right at the right, right at the perfect time for the commute home, we do we do a show called Fewer Cast, which is called Film of, which is our film effect weekly entertainment recap podcast, where we all get together, shoot the shit, talk about all the news and entertainment for the week, and have fun for about an hour and a half. And so those two shows make up the Film Effect podcast. You can find us on Twitter is the best way to find us at Film Effect Pod, or we're on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, all that. And they're all the same handle, the Film Effect Podcast. Uh, website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com. And we're on every single major podcast platform. So enjoy. And we have every, as of this recording, well, shit, as of even last recording, we did this episode <laughs> together. We, we've done every single Halloween film on our show. So if you're curious what I think about other Halloween films, go to the archive. Trust me, we've done every episode except for the Rob Zombie 2. The two that he did, we haven't touched those yet, but everything else we've done, oh. including the new three. So. Have you have you seen them, though, Ed? Yeah, I saw them in theaters. Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> I have thoughts, just haven't yeah, really oh, yeah, to yeah. them yet. No, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I look forward to when you guys do that one, tell you how I look forward to the first one, but especially the second one. Can't wait for that, to see what you guys think of that one. Uh, but no, th- thank you very much, Ed, and I appreciate you giving up your time. Um, yeah, thank you for having me once again. Oh, it's always pleasure. a pleasure. Yeah. Cheers, Ed. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See ya. Get it in, get it on, and enjoy the flog. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question... Does watching this film feel like flogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the f*** is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I want me gold! That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man... The myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we?